good morning, good evening, good night, or good afternoon, depending on what time you're tuning in. My name is Kyvon Williams, and this is Failing in Love. Hope everybody's having a, a great day today. You know, it's uh, my favorite season is finally here, fall. Even though it's like 99 degrees down here in Nashville today. Uh, and my allergies acting up, so please forgive me. I'm trying to remedy myself with some jasmine tea, honey, cinnamon, and lemon. Infused with a little bit of THC. So uh, <laughs> hopefully that'll help me out and get me through this cast. Today... Turns out, I'm failing in trust. Trust me, trust me, trust and believe me. I never hurt you. Trust me. She's just a friend. Trust me. I don't. I don't know him like that. Trust me. You can look through my phone. How many times have we all heard that from someone who's been manipulative or deceitful in the past? How many of us did that shit ourselves? You know what I mean? I know. I can raise my hand. I'm guilty. I've cheated before. I'll cheat again. Maybe. I don't know if I'll cheat again. But here's the thing about cheating, man. Like, some people, they do it on purpose. It can be from trauma. It could be they want something new. It could be they bored or it could just be who they are. You know what I mean? And... I was kind of joking earlier saying I would cheat again. But like they say, once a cheater, always a cheater. Now, I can't say that I would necessarily revert back to that. But you never know. Like, you never know the situation where you hook up with somebody and people be like, oh, there's a certain level of maturity. Why would you break somebody's heart? Why won't you leave? We can get into all that, man. Oh. <laughs> I feel that you know at the age I'm at now I'm not chasing the big round juicy booties I've had every type of woman you can pretty much imagine so it's not that it could be from the lack of affection or just constant nagging or not feeling valued now there's a difference between feeling wanted and feeling valued you know I think there's a few women that want me. You know what I mean? They they, they want to lay with me or they want to hear my jokes or they want to hang out and they want me to spend on them. But I think there's a very few women out there who would truly value me for the goofball that I am or the insecurities I have or my parenting skills or my cooking skills or just whatever I bring to the table. You know, I, I feel like there's very few people who value that. So I remember on the last woman that I cheated on and this was this was a while ago but I remember asking her I was like please make love to me before I go on this trip because we have been fussing and fighting and feuding and arguing I just need some of your womanly energy I just need to feel that connection with you and she said what a lot of women would say, and I really don't blame her. She's like, if you go out here and you do something stupid, that's on you. And I was like, all right, bet. So uh, I went out, and some people would say it was stupid, but I know me better than me. And I trust the decisions that I make 
And I'm very conscious about my decisions now more so than ever. I mean, like I said, this was years ago. But it was just like, please don't challenge me when I'm coming to you at my most vulnerable, my most broken, needing something from you, and you just reject me. I mean, even a beat dog a turn. So, you know, I did my thing. Then I remember coming back in town and uh, she came over and she was wearing lingerie and she tried to do the whole, you know, trench coat and lingerie thing. And she was like, I'm sorry we haven't been communicating and blah, say blah. And then she tried to, you know, she tried to be intimate with me and I told her no. And she was like, what's wrong? And I was like, well, while I was out of town, you know, I hooked up with a few people. And she was like, what? I was like, yeah, because I came to you first. I told you what was up and you just denied me. And while I was gone, in my mind, to help me get through it, I felt like for her to deny me on this level, she must be with somebody. And this woman broke down and cried and how could you and this, that, and the third. Trust me. I know me. I know my needs and my desires. And like, this may be very unpopular, but men, for the most part, we are very straightforward and direct. If you got a real one, and like we said, like everybody's definition of real is different. But I think a lot of people try to use honesty to be mean and hurtful. I don't do that. I use it honesty like in everyday life just to try to make things simple. Like, because when you lie, you got to go back, you got to remember the lie, think about the lie, how'd the lie work, okay, who's in on the lie, who's not on the lie. All that shit is way too complicated. So if I'm coming to you, I'm saying, hey, please make love to me. I feel like right now we are off the tracks and I will go astray. And if you just like, well, fuck you, do what you're going to do, yeah, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And it's not always the best decision, but I love me outside of my children. I love me more than I love anybody else in the world. And that's straight up. And when I enter a relationship, I know how much I love me, but my goal is to love you more than I love myself. And that's just how I look at things and everybody's perception of love is different because I know I can do for myself, but I wanna do for you. I know I can make myself a sandwich, but I don't like to make you a sandwich. My love language is our gift and touch. So I gifted you with this sandwich. Some people will say that's service, but, you know, whatever. I took my time out. I made you a good sandwich. And touch is, I mean, we've, we've already been over this several times. So for me, the word is reciprocity. What I do for you, you may not be able to do for me on that same level, but at least try to do something. Like, let's just use simple math real quick. It's easy, right? If I spend $100 on you for dinner or something, no, I don't want your panties. I want to get to know who you are. But let's say you come over to my house and I've been really busy. Rooster's running around or something. Now he's back with his mom. So my house is kind of a mess and I'm exhausted because I'm damn near 40 <laughs> and I have a toddler. Can you clean up my house for me? It don't cost $100. It weighs so much more. 
but that will make me see the value of you in my eyes. You know, like, wow, like, she didn't have to do that, but she did that. Or, you know, I, I love to cook. Like, that's one of my things. But after I have time with my children or if my schedule gets busy or I'm auditioning in this city or that city or, you know, I'm tired from, like, my normal day job, like, can you cook me a hot meal? Like, can you have Uber Eats deliver something to me? It don't got to be $100. It can be $25. I'm cool. I think that people look at the value of money but not the value of people. The way I look at it, like let's say you got me a meal or whatever. We grown and everybody makes different amounts of money. But it's like, I wouldn't look at it like, oh, this is a $50 meal. I would look that this person spent two hours of their life to feed me if they're making $25 an hour. That's how I look at it. Because money comes and goes. But that that clock that we all got, that we all we all have an expiration date, like my stepdaddy used to say. So you gave me your time. Also, shout out to Justin Timberlake. I love that movie, even though it was poorly uh, received by critics. It's called Time. I really like that movie. I really like that concept. But, uh, yeah. So back to the, the whole trust factor. You know I always got a story. And sometimes it involves other people. Sometimes, you know, I change the names to protect the innocent and all that. This is, this is a younger me. So here I am, 22 years old, cock of the walk. Imagine young Kaivon, muscular, six-pack, nice arms, tattoos popping, a really nice car. I mean, I've always been kind of cool and not really materialistic, but this is back when I was in my peacocking phase. Little watch, little, little necklace, all that stuff, man. Little chain, jewelry, all that. And uh, back in my day... We didn't shop on the interwebs. We uh we had to go to the mall to do our shopping. We had to go to Foot Locker, you know what I mean? So uh, I meet this woman. She's working at Foot Locker. And, you know, I'm buying some sneakers, some for me, some for my daughter. And uh, she was just like, man, that's a bit of a tad. <coughs> Excuse me. I was like, well, no, nah, not really. It's uh, It ain't tricking if you got it. And I think that was definitely the wrong message to send at that time. And so her eyes just lit up or whatever. So she wrote a phone number on the back of her seat, told me hit her up. And again, youngsters, this is before, like, really Facebook was popping like that. This was before uh, Twitter and Snapchat and all that. You actually had to put in that phone work. So, again, when you're in your early 20s, your mindset is, I'm grown, I pay my own bills, I'm going to get some sex, right? Uh, so anyway, we, we, we do the, the phone thing for about two, three weeks. So now she's talking about, hey, I don't have my daughter. She's going to be at my mom's house. Come pick me up from over there. Let's kick it. Cool. Say less. So, uh, you know, we got the tree rolled up. We... Smoking, riding around the city, talking, getting to know each other, getting a little bit frisky. Uh, I had some cruising rum. And to my younger viewers, you know, 21 and up, uh, go ahead and mix that cruising rum with a little bit of pineapple juice. You got yourself a really nice treat there. So uh, now we we sipping. And again, I'm, I'm 21, 22 years old. Uh, 
Actually, I'm 22 at this time. So, I don't condone drinking and driving. Definitely not smoking and driving. But me and Young Dumb are full of cum. You do these things. So, we go to one of my favorite restaurants. And it's no longer there in my city. Uh, it's called Rockies on the River. It was a great Italian restaurant. So, we, we eat our food. We laugh. And we look at the city and whatnot. And she's talking about how great of the date it is. And let's go back to her place. Okay. I'm all about that. So we stop at the Walgreens. I pick up some condoms. And uh, we get back to our place. And I'm looking around. Always be aware of your surroundings. I'm looking for, like, a man's shoes. Uh, I go to the bathroom. You know, I'm looking for cologne or men's deodorant or whatever. Like, I'm looking for a man's toothbrush. Because when I say she was banging, man, I mean... When I see that she had on them little bitty booty shorts, had on a tank top, had those little strappy sandals or whatever, smelling like love spell or some of that bath and body work stock spray. And I mean, she was on point. So I'm like, nah, she gotta have a dude. There's no way. Like, somebody had to be a fool tonight, you know, trying to get with this bad chick. So at any rate, none of that's there. There's pictures of her and her daughter by themselves. No man. Uh, there's a picture of her, her mom, her daughter. No man. Not even a father. So I'm like, okay, cool. Classic scenario. So anyway, you know, I cut the TV on. It wasn't on Sports Center. It wasn't on ESPN. It was on BET. All right, cool. So, uh, you know, we, we start kissing and we get back to the bedroom. You know, we do what grown folks do. Uh, we finish up the deed and. You know, she hops in the shower. She asks me to join. I say, nah, but I get a rag. You know what I mean? And oh, 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 a little bit of soap that she had. So it was like some old fruity stuff. Again, there's no man smelling soap. There's no, none of that. So, you know, I wash up so I'm smelling like uh, apricots and plums or some shit like that. So I finish wiping off. You know, I'm ready to leave. It's just like, well, can you spend the night? No, no, no. I'm like, nah, something in my head is like, hey, man, this is about time to get out of here. You've actually overstayed your welcome. It's really time for you to go. I was like, nah, you know, I got some stuff to do in the morning. And so she's walking towards me like, we are right outside the bedroom. What do I hear? Boom, boom, boom. I hear the keys jingling. Cue Ron Isley. What the hell is going on? And this brother, he stands about 5'11", 6'1". And, you know, me, I'm like 5'8". But back then, you know, I'm six-pack, arms. I'm, I'm ready to tussle just in case. And um, dude looks at me. He's like, what the fuck are you doing in my house, N-word? I'm like, your house? I take one step, and he whips it out from his waistband. Boom. Chrome plate and 9mm. I damn near pissed myself right there. Uh... I was froze, my mouth dry, my heart palpitating. I didn't know what was going to happen next. All I could squeak out is, hey, man, I'm sorry. He's like, nigga, answer the question. And I say, normally I say N-word for these segments, but we're going to use the actual N-word to enhance how scared I was. He's like, nigga, answer the question. I was like, oh, oh. I, uh, she's like, put that gun down, quit waving it, you ain't gonna do nothing. So I look at his wrist, 
his wrist is kind of shaky. So that's a good sign. But anybody who knows, like most gunfights are like within six feet of each other. Dude's about eight feet away from me. So I can't try to lunge for the gun and try to fight this dude or whatever because I get shot. So she's yelling at him or whatever. And like, dude, like he's about to cry. And I'm like, okay, let me let me go ahead and talk to him. Let me appeal to his human side before he just aired this bitch out. We all, you know, butt naked and here dead. So I was like, hey, man, look. Look around. There's no pictures of you anywhere. There's no signs of you anywhere. I just came over here to have a good time, man, kick it. One thing led to another. Did you fuck? Look, I'm saying to you is we are both fathers. I got a little girl. Seems you got a little girl. Fuck all that, nigga! Did you fuck? Yes, sir. I did. And I felt a tear come down my eye because I knew this shit was over. This is how young Kyvon Williams is gonna die, ladies and gentlemen. And, uh, he asked her, you suck his nigga's dick. She didn't. She didn't, by the way. Very, very stingy, now that I think about it. Almost lost his life from some uh, headless sex. She's like, nah, I didn't do all that. So, and again, this dude's trigger discipline is on point. It's on the trigger, it's off the trigger, it's on the trigger, it's off the trigger. He's thinking what to do. And I was like, look, man. She deceived us both. You mad at me, and I understand that. But I didn't know you existed. She knew. That's right, people. I put the blame on her. She knew what the fuck was going on. Her and her funky-ass mama when I picked her up from over her mama's house, smiling and waving and shit. She deceived both of us, man. So what you can do right now, I want you to really think... I mean, his, his finger is it's on the trigger, it's off the trigger, it's on the trigger, it's off the trigger. Now it's off. We are both fathers. We are both black men. If you kill me, you going to jail. If you don't kill her, because she's going to tell. They're going to pressure her. She's going to tell. You can already tell that she's not loyal anyway. So I'll be dead, you'll be in prison, and she's going to be fucking the next cat. I'm a decent dude, but ain't no telling who she will bring around your little girl. Look, man, I just want to go home so I can see my little girl in two days. That can't happen if you won't allow it. So I'm asking you, Please not shoot me. Nigga, get the fuck out of here. Don't gotta tell me twice. Pew! I left my shoes. I was scared. I got in the car and I cried and I prayed. And between me and y'all, I think I pissed a little bit. I think I pissed a little bit. But I ran so far down there. I didn't feel anything. Again, I, I, I was in my car. Praying, crying, sweating, snotting. I mean, I drove two blocks up the street first, but I thought I was gone. 
And all I was thinking about was my daughter would be without a father. Not so much about her mom because, you know, relationships come and go. But I was like, damn, for that little bit of pussy. Excuse my language. But my daughter could have grew up without a father. And that little girl could have grew up without a father. I never contacted that woman again. Louisville was a small city, but a dangerous city. But I never seen that woman again, nor her dude for that matter. So I don't know what happened. I didn't watch the news like a week after that. I, I don't know if, you know, it was a homicide, suicide. I don't know if it was a homicide. I don't know if it was nothing at all. I don't know if they stayed together and tried to make it work. What I do know is if you put God first, you'll never be last. Hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Peace.